You thought you could do it, and you were right. Tonight on Body Talk.
we don't have to fit in, like we can just be ourselves. And we are miracles because our ancestors survived and we're here. And it took me a while to see that. We're gonna hold a small ceremony and, and really bless the fire, thank the fire and burn away anything that, that we feel called to, maybe write it down and, and throw it into the fire. It's very hard when you move away from the family to keep up with your tribe's traditions and things like that. It's so easy for them to fade away. Well, you're strong indigenous women and I feel like this is definitely a time for our voices to be heard. I've always sort of been soft-spoken and the peacekeeper, but through that, I noticed um, like I was like raped and molested and like all these really terrible things and um, I grew through it. I think with more meetings of Native American women, it is shifting because we all have similar stories and we can all hear it and know that we're not alone in this battle. This year, I really feel just the anger coming up. It's like I can't hold it in anymore. It has to come out. I just want to yell and scream and be like, hey, we're here and, and fucking stop. Like, we're, we're really sacred. And the fact that we're even here and didn't, our ancestors survived is, is really a miracle. This is my house. I grew up here until I was seven. I was a really feisty uh, little kid. I was really outspoken and said exactly what was on my mind all the time. My mother is Kaiwa and Comanche, and my father is Havasupai and Kumeyaay. I don't know anyone else who is those four combinations of tribes. Here was sort of the spot that I hung out the most. Um, I climb up there, and I, I remember when Pocahontas came out, and I like would stand on the rock, and I'm like, I'm Pocahontas. <laughs> Growing up in such an age of pop culture and things, I sort of lost that sense of the tradition. And since I grew up a lot outside of the reservation too, I sort of felt like I had to adapt. When I just sat down with my Comanche family and heard the songs, like I felt like I was transported back into the ancient ways. When I reconnected to the ceremony, I reconnected to my innocence and that feeling like, wow, anything is possible. We're about to meet with Rissa, my cousin, and we're gonna do a little bit of water release therapy that is used to really help PTSD and physical pains and mental illnesses. Hey! hey. <laughs> the water amplifies everything. It amplifies the energy and frequencies and transmute it into love, sort of, yeah. Hi, my name is Melissa Hill, and I am from the Villas Reservation. As I was growing up, I was definitely into the partying, the drinking, the drugs. The alcohol and drug abuse is just a symptom of what really happened to our people. And that is genocide, interracial trauma. They beat and raped and killed the spirit out of us. They tried to anyway. So along with this whole path of destruction, I'm gonna try to be that break where it's like, no, I'm not gonna pass this on to my kids. I'm gonna try to heal myself the best that I can to the best of my abilities.
afterwards, I felt like I finally was able to release whatever I was holding on to. I was crying about how our people are still lost. They still don't have their identity, that connection to be able to be human. I really felt like our ancestors and past lives and everything coming mm -hmm. up and holding the space for you at the same time, feeling every, everything that you've gone through. I'm thankful for you. <laughs> no, I'm thankful for you too. My grandma, she got this for me. It says Kumeyaay, West Coast native. Um, that's the tribe I'm from. She got it over here at the tribal hall. I don't know the dude that made it, but he's Native American as well. We get like named by like animals for our middle names. So like my middle name is Bear. I think it's pretty cool. My middle name is a Wild Horse. I like that a lot. You can say these words in um, Kumeyaay. It's just uh, you'd have to like like for personally for me, I gotta have to like learn them. My generation and then the generation behind me, like we don't know a lot of our own words, and that just shows you like how little Native Americans are with like their culture. I always sort of grew up with powwow. Like every weekend I was going to dance and I think when I was a teenager around 13, 14, I like was sort of like, oh, I want to explore outside of this. And, and then so I sort of rebelled and then I was like, wow, that was a bad idea because now I have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> Things are always sort of evolving. I'm very proud of her. She's very special. She always has been. When she dances, it's just beautiful. Hey, puppy. And strong and free of people. So these are my moccasins when I brought my uh, Fenty Puma shoes. <laughs> I'm always be told don't be so materialistic, but they just make me feel so good. I'm really excited to go to this powwow and also a little nervous because I haven't been in a while. I feel like everything's gonna fall into place as soon as I get there. It's like this energy you can't feel anywhere else. We're at the Spotlight 29 powwow. And when we go in, we're gonna see vendors and people dancing around a drum. Right now they're doing the contest. People, they sort of do a tour of powwows and like try to win the cash prizes or just reconnect with other tribes. My dad's beadwork, so every time I wear it, it's just real sacred to me. I feel the spirit and stuff, and honored to you know be able to keep your tradition alive and dance. When they're doing the the hard beats and the hopping, that's more of like really almost like summoning up their power. This is how we met, actually, when we were like 10 years old. And we've been friends ever since. <laughs> the stuff that we wear, everything is a lot more modernized. So for example, I got these skirts off of Amazon. It has to be more flashy now since it's better competition. It's more contemporary Anything you can do to catch the judge's eye. For a moment, I got really hypnotized just sitting there and watching them and watching their foot movements and, and I could really see how they were moving energy 
with their dance moves and, and with all their tools and, and it was beautiful. When we were younger, we were taught by our grandparents and our dad grew up like that too, getting the teaching and all that involved in the bird singing and dancing. Well, for me, it's a very powerful, I would even say spiritual moment and uplift that you get. These days we wear dresses that have ribbons on them. The colors, we have a different meaning to our group. The blue represents the water, the red represents the dirt and the blood. Feels like we're sharing what we've got because that's the only thing we have. We got our traditions, our dances, and our moves. Expressing how we are as Native people kind of shows that there's more to us than just having long hair. It just shows us, us people that we are as one and that we are still here. So, where are we going? We're going to Trilogy Sanctuary, and it's right near the beach. Misty uh, from the Res is also coming. We grew up together and watching, like, Spice Girls and all sorts of things in the 90s. <laughs> this bond that we all have is just, it's amazing. It's electrical and it's just everything that I want to be surrounded by all the time. I want to be surrounded by positivity, energy, light, creativity, all of it. So that my family, my culture, being here to express it is what I've always wanted. We're still here, we're yes. still fighting, we're still doing our traditions, we're still doing our prayers, still doing our ceremonies. <laughs> My grandfather told me a story. He was walking and there was like two paths, one like really rocky and the one clear path. But he heard like a rattlesnake in the clear path and, and then he just like ran to the rocky path until he was home. I saw it like sort of as a metaphor like, oh, sometimes you just gotta run through the rocky path. <laughs> Welcome to the lifestyles of the savage and dangerous Lucky to make it to 27 If you hang with us, ask a dead president He'll make you hang with us Consist and decimate whatever is able to crush I ain't able to say much in my native tongue But I still try Crazy or say when you give up, your soul dies My tank's full and I'm out in the wild Cruising, cooling out Got my ways to breaking out The family jewels that you've been handed on This planet ain't the same as why it's been handed down I was handed handguns, angel dust in the crown Best believe if I'm high and armed You ducking down Blame, generational pain, panic, you know the man of the house Just a second ago my papa was there, but now his van's landed south Mama's gone, no fam at the house, coming home from school yelling Damn it, I shout, I'm a fucking fool, I can't even count Another reason why, I understand without a doubt Cause I've been branded by this hand I got, understand it or not The block where I landed, feel more like Atlanta when it's hot But this name is Savannah, that's the spot where I was brought Plus my second home, a place they call the Shy Rock A man had been shot, the same place a woman taking advantage of Connect the vengeance off the wound, might rot Damn, I'm not shocked No center for the native kids, straight on the block That's how it was back in my day, it's never safe 
Making a trip to heaven Make it look like playing it safe Not to mention the suicides nearly triple the rate But we so strong Every time I write a soul song I never gave a fuck about my pay or my soul to be saved Stolen things, learn how to get paid in full In place of a way to take my savings and save But you know the saying Monkey see, monkey do, that's what this country's about Decimation, reservations in this nation Make hell look like heaven to me Makes hell look like heaven to me to hell with me, free Linda Peltier They found out I'm a villain and throw away the key But it seems to be, we don't die, we only multiply We ain't built for the weak Christmas Eve 2002 Mama on the phone with the bank trying to get a loan Papa's at work trying to make profit with the rent is due They don't know how these winners do Tell me, would you like an interview? Put the muse for your soul Let it rejuvenate the inner you And when it enter you, you see just how the sinner do I often like to start the song with a poem that's deadly calm Last Molly Melly transformed platinum back into chrome And when it hit the mic, don't even leave it so long they love the microphone, they just hate on who control it That's why man, I got the heat on my fingertips, I know it What's the point of always being humble and staying complacent? Last guy who said that work this life away and just wasted, I ain't lazy I'm just trying to make a statement And these haters and bitches hating no greatness with our time and lateness I think I finally made this I speak for all my people in my place and the world as a whole They compare to a globe, so much more Deeper to the core than anyone know They don't see a vivid image, they read in black and white scrolls So I unfold the master plan, plan sees to surpass the man I could slash a jam, like Jack the Ripper if he was ripping and Feeling man, got your healing inside the ceiling fan with bull hot shit the top paid before the village had to ram. Can't deny the savageness, it's a compliment to my confidence. Like Kaepernick, first taking a knee, then Uncle Sam lost his shit. I can't stop laughing at fake shit, this whole nation's made of plastic. I've seen Barbie faces thinking that they speak it for the masses. Watch your mouth, you might get smacked off by caches. They see an angry ass face and wonder what's wrong with that kid. Not asking the cops why they beating his ass with the napkins. I'm leaving quite a mess. I can't be quiet, I confess, cause otherwise I would be speaking for wise that require for Watch your back whenever you spinning that shit Cause it speaks for more people than the average bad kid And that's facts kid, just lay back, chill the fuck out and blast it This my last rap, I hope I'll last it The same way we spent 400 years outcasted Just to find out 2020 we great It feels fantastic, to never have to wait And only perform what I practice Best believe I'm about to place out for Frank Savage Frank Savage Yo, we were about to lose our home and we did too, Christmas Eve 2002 Mama on the phone with the bank trying to get a loan Papa's at work trying to make profit with the rent is due They don't know how these winners do Tell me, would you like an interview? Let the muse for your soul Let it rejuvenate the inner you About, about to lose our home And we did too, Christmas Eve 2002 Mama on the phone with the bank trying to get a loan Papa's at work trying to make profit with the rent is due
should Feel when you this ill Still got some good Roll it in the wood It ain't hard to tell I made you look I still got to find Jai's will Cause when you superville Got a super chill Under the stars No silver the hoop for Bill Dropping bars At the same shows Where the shooters chill Now tell me who can feel the villain The shit I've been dealing with On the daily Only for the real Cause life is crazy So close to the good life But seems so far to reach Apart from real art Real heart What I sought to teach But each The system forgot This wisdom brought a piece Of my reality to yours The world is yours Find your salary Even if it feels we at war Just know I'm proud to be Peace signs up No peace Middle fingers up, fuck you if you ever doubted me I just hope you proud of me When I finally find the good life after years in the hood life I've been out of reach Mama got a mouth to feed But who knew this rap shit practice voodoo like alchemy If I ever be alchemist, I'ma show them what grind it is On the grind, fuck what time it is I'm on Indian time, no time limit So I ain't gotta leave, I just gotta be Everything that I can be Everything the light touches is my kingdom Part of me, part of me for being a real artist I dropped the flow retardedly Just know I worked hard to be More raw than most, guess no one thought of me Gone off the coast, coast is clear I gone ghost, guess guardian angels guarded me In the place where only stars can be Ancestors in my rhymes, when I'm writing they thought of me Oh I thought of them, either way it's alarming me Food for thought, then armor me The good life where you ought to be Imagine painting a picture with words and no paintbrush Writing songs tonight, an all-nighter, but it ain't much Can't get much brighter, you paint much Graffiti writer, songwriter, keeper of the fire Plus a rough rider, pass the lighter, reefer, we light up Then we light up the song, like a b-boy miter I guess I brought the wrong lighter, high off that enlightenment The skyline's no sky limit, less I'm on the beat Meet the villain, you can spray facts like assault rifles They mad cause they ain't like us Laying the disciples ajar, they rifles the fact That's a lie, the type of shit that stifled my mind Eiffel's couldn't skyscrape, the crime rate And that's why my mind stays, stay irate Watch my iris vibrate The only thing other than coronavirus is my take That's cause the villain around us If I'm feeling less timeless, wait Shouldn't I say the good life shouldn't be so good But with the high stakes, what you should do, you could Why would you wait for my style to show you there's a child in all of us That just wants to shine Motivated to bust a rhyme I might hold the nation with enough cussing on the mic Fuck a motherfucking buster talking about I lost my mind The truth is, the only thing I ever lost The booth is studio time And I made it back, you know what they say It's all in due time Make the mic, turn back into busted iron Proud as a lion, talk of that custard shit They must have been lying I must have done something right, I think Something foul in the breeze And sometimes I like to drink Just to get these thoughts off my mind but one thing's for sure, the good life's in my lane Life is good, I should say Life is good All humans share one spirit. All humans share one consciousness. But yet they want to be separated. Like my, my ideas. They don't realize that all humans share a huge pool of consciousness. Thought. All human thought vibrates at a certain frequency. We're all in communication. 
You know, when you exhale, I breathe the air you breathe. We're all, we're all together, really. This is the way nature designed it, so that we will be sharing the together. I know, it just keeps getting weirder. Hang on. The drug was administered in a drink of water given at the start of each day's exercise. 25 minutes later, the first effects of the drug became apparent. The men began to relax and to giggle. But this man was more seriously affected and had to be removed from the exercise. After 35 minutes, one of the radio operators had become incapable of using his set, and the efficiency of the rocket launcher team was also very impaired. Ten minutes later, the attacking section had lost all sense of urgency. Notice the bunching and indecision as they enter a wood occupied by the enemy. Almost immediately, the section commander tried to use a map to find the location of troop headquarters, and a prisoner's escort had to have the way pointed out to him although it was in plain sight, 700 yards away over open country. 50 minutes after taking the drug, radio communication had become difficult, if not impossible, but the men are still capable of sustained physical effort. However, constructive action was still attempted by those retaining a sense of responsibility in spite of physical symptoms. But one hour and 10 minutes after taking the drug, with one man climbing a tree to feed the birds, the troop commander gave up admitting that he could no longer control himself or his men. He himself then relapsed into laughter. I don't have any trouble admitting that I'm a racist. I, don't, I think it's absurd to, to try to fight with that. I, I, I grew up in this society. I was conditioned by it. I think internally in my psyche, I have, I have grounded and rooted those attitudes, and I see it in me all the time. I don't like being a white man, <laughs> and I, that's, 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 what I, that's where I still am in working on it, because I know what I've done, what people like me have done. Part of being white is is just not in any way acknowledging what it means to be white. I have a white skin and that with that white skin comes along a whole mess of privileges that I have and I don't ask for them, they just are there. You have started to break the code of silence a little bit when you start talking about white people and you start talking about this stuff and, and you find yourself suddenly uh, uh, find yourself suddenly all alone.
the family history, as I understand it, was really you know people coming to America as a way of searching for a better life and escaping poverty. Um, uh, and it has often seemed to me that that also meant escaping their roots, where they came from. That there was a sort of a desire to to separate from that and to become something different. that I have Scotch-Irish uh, ancestry with a little bit of German. I'm, I'm European, and I came over some two or 250 years ago. My ancestors are from England and Germany. Um, my, my ancestors are German and Russian and Scottish. In my father's side, it was Irish, and my mother's side, it was probably English, but I don't know a lot about her side. I'm French Indian. I, I guess you'd say I got a little Cajun in me. Ireland. Ireland. So do you identify as Irish? Uh, no, not really. I identify as an American. Uh, British, Scotch-Irish. Scotch, that's, that's where my ancestors are from, supposedly, but hasn't had any impact on me. Doesn't mean anything. Um, I think pilgrims. When I think of where did I come from, I think pilgrims, but no, but I'm sure somewhere down the line I am. they were Irish, there was a lot of oppression, you know, because they immigrated over from Ireland. So I thought a lot about what that was like for them as Irish people, but I never thought about what it was like for them and when they became white. Well, you can only be something if there's something else to negate it, so I guess we became white uh, I guess we're white because uh, there's a bunch of other races to set us off. So how did English people and German people get turned into white people? Came to America. By assimilation, by, by living. <laughs> by living in the U.S. It's just the smorgasbord, you know. I have no idea. I, I honestly have no idea. Do you know how they got turned into British and Scott people? How those people got turned into white people? No. Have you ever thought about that? I'm not a history buff. I think culture did that uh, over time. It's like certain words that we use in our language are not our words. There are other nations, other words that come from other languages. How did the, how did the Irish get turned into white people? That's a good question. I think a lot of it was uh, early assimilation in the United States, a lot of uh, European ethnics coming over, um, assimilating uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, the primary one being uh, a desire to elevate their socioeconomic status. So to get jobs, to find places to live, a lot of the Europeans altered their last names to sound more mainstream. Uh, a lot of them changed the clothing that they wore, wore uh, the f foods they ate. So there was this, some might call it assimilation. I think of it more as Anglo conformity, uh, conforming to this kind of dominant uh, white culture. But the reality is that those persons who are white and who are considered white and treated as such in the society, by virtue of being white and treated that way, have had to give up who they really were. Uh, if they were Russian American, my father's side of the family, grandfather's side, great grandfather came here from Russia in 1910, he had to give up 
what it meant to be a Jew, a Russian Jew from Eastern Europe, uh, to become an American, which really meant to become white. The Irish had to do the same thing. The Italians had to do the same thing. The Greeks had to do the same thing. All these European ethnics who were not white Anglo-Saxon Protestants um, had to give up their actual identities for the sake of whiteness. I, you know, I really didn't think about being white, I'd say, growing up, because mainly, I think, because I was part of the, the majority and I maybe wasn't forced to think about it. I don't, really mean, I don't think it means anything. It's just, some people might think it means better, but to me it doesn't mean anything but just the color of my skin, really. How, many, how often do you think about being white? Not very often. I really don't think about it a lot at all. Hardly ever. It's just, it's just me. Racially, do you see yourself as a white person? No, I see myself as a person. Person? So do you ever think about being a white person? No. Mm, probably not very often. Not really. Sometimes I got a lot of black friends. Sometimes they we make jokes about it and everything, but um, not really. It doesn't matter to me whether I'm white, pink, or purple, or black. I don't care. It depends on the social situation. It's, sometimes I'll be the only white person in the room when it's reversed, when the tables are sort of flipped. How do you identify racially? Do you see yourself as a white man? Uh, I think that everybody is equal in the eyes of the Lord. So you don't see yourself as a white person? Not as much as most people. I, uh, I think when it's all said and done, we're equal and definitely inside and outside. But I don't know if I ever considered myself white or thought about it. At one point I'm sure I did, but I don't really have any recollection of when it was, which I think is a total reflection of whiteness, of, of never having to sort of contemplate why people treat you the way they do. To be white uh, means to be a member of a dominant racial group in a society that I consider white supremacist. And to be white in a white supremacist society, not just a racist society, because that's almost too generic, to be white in a white supremacist society is to be able to have the luxury of oblivion, to be oblivious to the injustices to be oblivious to racial privilege, to be oblivious, frankly, to one's own identity. So it is, in a sense, to be invisible to oneself. Well, I think to be white in this culture means to deny the reality of racism. And it means, it means to deny the privilege that we have as whites. Most people who are whites don't want to accept that they are privileged because they are. People don't want to talk about being white because they know that at a deep level, even though they haven't even, some of them may not have ever talked about it with anybody or ever expressed it, they do know that they get a benefit from being white. If you're white in this country, there's, there's certain um, advantages that come your way and it doesn't really matter whether you want to or not or whether you're in touch with it or not. Now I know there are um, privileges that I enjoy simply because I'm white. Every minute of my life I'm aware of my white privilege of the fact that I have I have 
a white skin and that with that white skin comes along a whole mess of privileges that I have and I don't ask for them, they just are there. There are things that come to me, that belong to me, um, that I'm given and that I expect just because I'm white that I never wonder about, ask about, discuss. Uh, and that's the power of it is that uh, the privilege of expecting that I'm going to go to good schools and that I'm going to have choices no matter what, that there will always be a choice that will be probably pretty reasonable, that will work out pretty well for me. To me, it's about privilege. A lot, of, a lot of people get to walk around thinking that we live in a meritocracy and thinking that their own hard work is the only thing that's you know, responsible for their achievements. Um, I think that it means, you know, it has, ex it ha and I think that it shapes everything. White privilege is probably the freedom to move through the world um, fearlessly. Uh, in a way that black people cannot move through the world. Um, that you can take advantage of opportunities with much less fear uh, and, and an assumption that you'll be treated equally with all other white people. Part of it is not having to even think about it. And so in a way it's sort of like the privilege of having that space in your mind free to think about other things and be concerned about other things. So it's not even having to be, to think about race is, a, is part of the privilege. White privilege is being able to walk into a department store and not be followed by the detective. Um, a friend of mine who's uh, Asian American, um, she was uh, uh, very unfairly treated at a department store. She was at a, um, a cosmetics counter and uh, she uh, had bought something and it came with a free gift. So the, the woman at the counter put the free gift in the bag and my friend didn't know that the, that the free gift had already been put in the bag so she had grabbed the one on the counter and put it in the bag. Uh, unknowingly, just as the, the sweetest woman wouldn't hurt a fly, just, um, and they called, the, they called the cops on her and they, she was taken to jail and arrested. I put myself in the same position that she was at, and I, I know there's no way I would have been arrested. I know I would not have been arrested. Uh, it's the assumption that um, when you go to buy a car that you're going to have the money. Well, it's the assumption that when you go into a real estate office looking for a place to rent, unless you wear raggedy clothes, you know, it's that you're going to want to go into this nice neighborhood. You, you basically get to say what you want to, be any way you want to, you get privilege, you don't have to work as hard, you can slack off. Um, in jobs and still get promoted and still not have to worry about somebody coming after you. Um, so whiteness to me is about privilege and access to information systems and people and power that you didn't earn. I went through a, a time where I was poor and I had to take care of my father and I worked with about a hundred African-American men and I was the only white male on the shop floor and I was really horrible at this job. It was a metal grinder. Uh, I'd grind too much of it. I'd make big indentations. Uh, I was constantly messing up and I was sure I was going to get fired. It was just a matter of time and about six months into the job 
the, the boss and uh, a few of the managers come over, they're all white men, and I thought, this is it, this is the day I'm getting fired. And they came over and told me that they've had their eye on me and they think that I'm management material. I said, what? Uh, and they said, yeah, you stick around for a while and we, we think you've got potential uh, to be a manager here. It's all embedded in every piece of our country. It's embedded in every structure that we have. It's embedded in our economics. It's embedded everywhere. When I walk into a bank, or when I walk into anybody's neighborhood, or when I walk into uh, anybody's store, that I'm acceptable, that I can go anywhere I want, and I'm seen as a, an acceptable person. And the reason I am acceptable is because I'm white. I remember when I was going to get my driver's license renewed for the first time. Uh, I really couldn't see very much without, my, without glasses. I didn't have any glasses with me. They had you go to a, one of these machines you look in and you know, see like what letter it is and etc. I couldn't see any of it. You know? I was one of the few white people there. And the guy behind the desk was this older white guy. Uh, and he just said, oh, don't worry about it, go ahead. I was like, is he just letting everybody through? And I saw that he wasn't, and I kind of was like, oh, okay. It's the ability to walk into the bank in Savannah when we were ready to build our house and borrow $100,000, and neither one of us were working. I mean, that to me, that, that is just so incredible that we, that we could do that. I mean, of course we had to present, you know, we had to give them facts and figures and all that kind of thing. But, you know, if you were a person of color and you walked in and you said, well, we're neither working and they're going to loan you $100,000, I don't think so. Oh, simple things. I mean, from everything from the ease of getting a bank loan to knowing that I can drive just about anywhere in the city and not get stopped because of my color by the police. When I drive down the road and I get pulled over, by a police officer, it's probably because either I've broken the law or I'm getting a flat tire and the police officer's gonna tell me I'm getting a flat tire. Well, when I get pulled over, I don't get tickets, you know? I'm a white woman, middle class, in a minivan. I get pulled over all the time for speeding. And it's almost become a joke. And then, you know, the police officers apologized to me for pulling me over, you know? And I know if I was a person of color, you know, that wouldn't happen, you know? I, I know that I would be pulled over a lot more if I was a person of color because I speed every day. And so I get stopped, they look at my license, and then they let me go, you know? I've experienced whiteness uh, on the three occasions that I've been pulled over by law enforcement driving a car. One time I ran a red light, it's turning, yeah, turning red, right? Another time I was speeding, and another time I had a headlight out. And every single time, I got off with a warning. I never got a ticket for any of those things. It was privilege and white privilege and whiteness, therefore, that helped get me off. And I think for the average person, it would be whiteness that would allow me not to even have to think about why. Um, I could get away and thinking, oh, I sweet-talked my way out of that. I did, but I was aided by the fact that I'm white. They're not going to do a body check on me. They're not going to rip my car apart looking for a reason to haul me in, I'm not profiled. That's white privilege. Basically, when I go to city council or county commission, I expect my representatives to take me seriously. 
Um, and they do for the most part because they know that they're that they have to be more accountable to the white community because the white community has more power and money and can vote them out of office. We as white people have a sense of what our rights are, that we have the right to, you know, live well, live safely, um, have health care and, and, and police that respond to us, have city officials that pay attention to us, have, you know, our, the needs of our community be able to have those met. And I think that if you talk to people of color or look at communities of color, that that, that does not exist for people. That kind of, that idea of those rights. The more I know, the more it's like, I've really got to talk about privilege here, you know? Even though, I mean, I faced a lot of shit in my life. I mean, I really had all this stuff happen, but I still had whiteness in a way that's given me all this stuff. Um, and it's all these things which not only give you privilege in the sense of stuff and access to stuff, but also it validates who you are. You know, so you have this feeling that, you know, I'm important, I'm worthwhile, that other people don't have. You know, you have, they have to get it somewhere else. You know, they might get it from their family or what have you, but I'm going to get it from everyone, you know, with few exceptions. I was taught that you respected black folk, but not really as human beings, more like cats and dogs and cows. You wouldn't mistreat a cat or a dog in my family, and you wouldn't mistreat a black person. I don't have any trouble admitting that I'm a racist. I don't. I think it's absurd to to try to fight with that. I, I I grew up in this society. I was conditioned by it. I think internally in my psyche, I have I have grounded and rooted those attitudes, and I see it in me all the time. I mean, I'm always dealing with it. Uh, I don't think that makes me a bad person. You know, I don't think that means that I'm you know that I'm I've grounded in original sin or anything. It just means I've been well indoctrinated. But it does also call me to do something about it. I consider myself somebody who does racist things and acts on the racism I have within me because of the context of the world in which I grew up and live in. For me individually to recognize and acknowledge that uh, I'm, I have the power of race in me uh, and that I'm going to be, I'll, I don't believe I'll ever have a time when I look at anybody and don't see their racial classification first. Oh, I hate to admit it, but I still have thoughts that I'm smarter than some black people just because of skin color. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, that still crosses my mind. Stereotypes will pop in my head just like everybody else, you know. When I see somebody, a stereotype will pop up and then I have to say, no, you know, that's a prejudice. When I'm in a classroom of students, I'll tend to look at the white students more than I'll look at the black students. And when I realized I was doing that, I was shocked and I and I tried immediately to begin to train myself to stop doing that and it was astonishingly difficult um, there was something about a, a, a natural tendency to look at white faces in a way that I did not have the same natural tendency to look at black faces and I think that's a kind of an ingrained inborn racism um, is all I can think of it as I remember I was um 
talking with a young man named Sylvester, and he was saying, you're racist. And I'm going, I'm not. He's going, you are. I'm not. You know, we went back and forth like that for a while. And then I had to go get refreshments. So I said, hold on. And I went upstairs, and my mother turned to me, and she said, get a grip on yourself. You know, you're a white young girl. You've grown up in the racist society. You're racist. Deal with it. Move on. But that was, you know, that was an amazing gift that my mother gave me because it allowed me to turn all of my defensiveness about it into, oh, well, maybe I am. Racism and prejudice are very different things. And all of us are grown, have grown up with prejudices. Some of us have prejudice against people of color. Some people have prejudice against white people. And some of us are downright awful about it. Because so much of the focus is on personal prejudices. That's how I think a large, a large part of um, the US population like analyzes race matters is between different groups of people. Well, I think it works the same way. I've, if black people feel that white people can be racist towards them, I don't see any difference between a black person being racist towards a white person. In high school, uh, the high school I attended was probably 60% black, 40% white. And uh, being, being white in a, in, in a majority black class, I was picked on and teased for that. So. Sometimes you, you come across uh, people that uh, feel because of what had happened in the past that we're held responsible. I'm 30 years old, I wasn't around when that was happening. I know what it feels like to be subjected to anger for something that I personally never did. If we're in the wrong place sometimes, and you, it's obvious that we're in the wrong place, we're the wrong color to be in that place, you'll hear a comment, you'll hear a comment, you'll hear some things that's not so nice that you would never think that you would hear. Um, you're a little too white to be in this neighborhood. When I was teaching, I was not privileged because I had to uh, interact with a lot of stereotypes about white people and I had to deal with them on that level, but I was privileged in the sense that I got the job in the first place. I, I think that one of, one of the key things to, to uh, understand about racism is, you know, like Malcolm X said, racism is like a Cadillac. There's a new model every year, you know, um, and, you know, it's, it's Racism is a, a dynamic social construction, so it's always changing, it's always mutating. So uh, people that say, well, there's no racism anymore, they're referring to racism as it existed in you know, 1950 or 1920 or 1910. Racism permeates every aspect of our society, and it's made you know, a world that we live in that's very unequal. It isn't what you personally did or did not do. Um, and I think that's such a hard, that's such a hard leap for white people to make is like, it isn't something that I personally did, but it's something I personally have to work against. It ain't just a matter of who I am as a person or what I think or feel about other people. I think there's a hierarchy in our country that's based very clearly on skin color and on people's perceptions of what race you're in and white are at the top and black are at the bottom and Asian and Native American and people of sort of light brown hue are in the middle and Latinos are down, you know, and then blacks are at the bottom. Racism is not simply about how we get along on an individual level, but it has to do with who has institutional and social power. White people have the political and social power in our society and so, and that is a given and if you look at certain 
if you pick apart social and political situations, you can see that very clearly. I think it's, it's quite obvious. Whites get privilege and experience the advantage of being in a system that thinks white is better than, you know, than, than folk of color. And so there's all this unearned advantage that's going on all the time. Particularly in a society like the United States, it's, it's hard to confront racism unless you understand how, if you're racialized as white, you benefit from racism. Just because I am white and have these privileges, I, I, par I participate in a racist system. And that doesn't make, that it's not my fault, I can't help it, I'm born to it. And, you know, and that's what being white means. But I, I do think and assume that, that that white privilege is in fact the kind of racism that you can't avoid. All I gotta do is sit down and close my eyes and things are gonna just move forward or in sort of in white interests and there's a way in which I'm, I'm complicit, I collude. I don't say anything, I don't do anything to stop it or challenge it. And in that way I really do think that's, that's how racism works and that's a way in which I'm racist. And the difference now is that I don't try and prove to anyone else or, or even to myself that I'm not racist. I sort of assume that, know that, and get on with doing anti-racist work as best I can. I believe that the, the very depth of understanding racism is, is understanding that process of us becoming white, you know, historically us becoming white, and exactly what does that mean to be white, and how much of our humanity that we've lost. Because I think that the only way that whites can truly regain our humanity that's lost to the degree that which we've bought into white is through doing anti-racism work in anything that we do. Like a lot of people, you start to learn exactly how messed up our society is in terms of racial disparity, and you realize that you're in the privileged class, you know? And especially for me, being a queer feminist woman, I in no way wanted to identify myself with an oppressor society, um, an oppressor group. Um, and that was really hard for me. But calling myself white that's been a hard, to actually say I'm a white person took longer than me recognizing that I was a white person, you know what I mean? Yeah. To go around and say I'm white. Yeah. Get comfortable with it. Right, with that. Like I was aware that I was white, you know, through this whole process, but it's, you know, it's been a process of being able to say all the time, you know, I'm a white feminist. It's taking the onion and it's unpeeling the onion, you know, of, of, how, of how racism permeates everything around us. I am white. I am, you know, middle class, um, English speaking. And um, seeing that as, as tools that I can use and also claiming my identity communally as part of this white community and seeing that, you know, the work that I need and want to be doing is in the white community. What we have got to do is uh, use the power that we have because of the privilege to kind of tear down the, the, those things in the system that 
that uh, that hurt other people. For me, I haven't been able to give up white privilege because you can't until the system is eradicated, it's gonna be there. But by struggling against it, by fighting against it, by consciously making a decision to turn against it, I can release myself. I can say to myself, you know what, I'm still receiving these benefits and that's horrible, but at least I'm out there doing something about it. And so there's a sense of freedom. There's a sense of being of really claiming my humanity. As a white person, I have a, um, I have leverage. It's kind of funny, because as a poor person, I never had leverage, but as a white person, I have leverage. And a woman, I didn't have much leverage either. But as a white person, I have leverage among other white people. They don't, they, they take what I say with, as being more valid. It doesn't seem self-interested. Them. I mean, I have connections. I have connections with the judge. I have connections with the guy in the bank. I have connections everywhere with people that have power who can make decisions around policy, you know, procedures, just all kinds of things. So at that level, I, I can use my influence. What has been a challenge for me and where my, my greatest um, challenges have been is on how I can personally use the positions that I'm in to help to change the institutions in ways that make it possible for them to really be allied with communities of color and accountable to communities of color. And where people who come to work in those institutions can begin to um, come in to them without feeling like they have to code switch or without feeling like they have to put on another persona in order to survive. There's this whole world out there that I had no idea about. And as far as I can see, people of color, the ones that I have been close to and the communities that I've been around, have a, have a lot more figured out about how to be human beings than white people do. I think because we're cast as oppressors, we've had to um, get rid of a lot of pieces of ourselves that are human. And it's, it's deadened us to a lot. I mean, it's deadened our sympathies and our empathies and our heart to other people. I think that um, not knowing that you come into this world with all this privilege makes us, um, you know, doesn't make us good people in the sense that it, it doesn't make us, I'll take that back, doesn't make us um, the people we could be. It, it, it takes away from who we really are as, as true human beings um, when we start applying these this when you start benefiting from something that you didn't earn and you don't acknowledge and you don't do something about. If you're going along with the status quo and you're not doing something to make change, you're part of the problem. And I think a lot of white people don't want to have that discussion. When we pretend that our school systems are okay and that uh, the criminal justice system is okay and uh, media depictions are okay and we just go along with it, we are part of the problem. If I do nothing in this world because it is set up for me and mine and because the systems operate for my benefit, then I am perpetuating that system. I am letting it go on. Uh, and I am benefiting every day from it.
was lioness niances that I supply Fire where the choir is Prior to this, I was the supplier for fix With the flyer for the flock God that's learning how to mix Nice beats, they said As if the connection was wireless The streets sneak this And leave the witness dead Screaming, eat lead The last guy talking that shit Yo, he bled And we finesse We don't eat meat Cause yo, the beat's best Yo, who wants to meet me? I decline No one has to meet them it's a good rapper, check your checklist and fill it in Automatically illin' on the mic, I make a killin' if Michael Myers did it, you playin' Michael Jordan You might need some higher rims, fires up the kids Dunkin' on Iverson, back in 96 I was inspired Hearing sirens whiz by, did it despite it Will I just die, or make the shine big Define Osiris bliss, never to rest, only from sadness The fuck am I, a promoter for hire on a fiver list more like the pliers applying pressure to your irises I require this, rest when I'm tired Motivation when I'm bored and elevation when I'm inspired So I get higher than all the high rises is I told y'all in 2020 to look out for her crises Crisis, crisis, price don't entice me I'm looking at a Tesla that warp into light speed Now that's a journey as I travel deep inside beat my thought stream And consciousness to come to life scenes High beams so bright the traffic despise me they thought they was a star like ghostwriters disguised me Truth be told, I made careers and now I'm icy That's how it's supposed to be The league right now is Ivy But I see the times and remember when it was life or death One time texting my homie, they put nine in his chest Now I'm looking at nine to fives like that's what made me depressed World class rapper and I was stuck playing ghetto chess Or stuck in class thinking colonialism's such a mess That's how the settlers survived that long hard winter That took so many of their lives Was by eating all those special foods that were given to them I would say it's kinda like a Wu-Tang saga Rayquan the opening scene, blocko blocko Playing more keys than Bach was on piano Big ass beard and some long ass head Chewbacca Used to use track phones and iPod nanos Talking to my shop, the art was like Van Gogh Got some new Tang juice, a platinum exchange New beige boots, Timberland pancakes My mind state is cake, it remains cool Hypnotic, keep it modest, fuck it I'll keep it honest Metamorphosis, the ghetto's like an orphanage Poor kids going to courthouses, food stands for poor rich And portions of a contortionist Never to absorb an inch, the government keep us hungry And laugh at the morbidness Get an organ, bitch, no instrument, the morgue is. All I'm seeing is red rum, with some Captain Morgan it Hit replay, if you want some more of this Metamorphosis, laughing at us, of course it is The system that is, metamorphosis Never represented in court decisions Forming a new coalition In a mission, in metamorphosis Solar spiritual force it is Taking over the course and dish It's all metamorphosis Changing with the times The way I'm pacing these rhymes Metamorphosis Laughing at us, of course it is Change is coming, of course it is. Metamorphosis. Would you like to come up and teach the class? Yeah, I can do that.
too. Lifetime, there is only certain shit that you should vibe with. For example, I hit mics and make impressions vibrate. Pop a pistol, they pop you for the letter till you lifeless. All for what you said, scary niggas, you can underline this. Then what you gotta tell his mother? Another statistic shot for nothing. Yes, he was a brother, but they get sadistic. Bullet fragment, ballistic, getting mad at each other. Keep a tradition alive, even the bad shit of it. Save his intermission drops, the shit to make you vibe. Make your greater vision pop. Fuck a filter, you can get it for spitting on the spot. Show him what you got rather than what they heard a lot yeah i get it sure y'all get dumb they want paid and they want it fun the quick way not for work but for funds to play play a game but which lane can you make it where you understand the other side of a gun it's all fun and games until it's your chance to try to run what's the matter champ i heard you talking shit on the up and up maybe even sent your homie over but never saw what's up it's all chill the feeling of the razor under my tongue I exist for this survival The reason that I hustle to make it out of the slum In this lifetime, there is only certain shit that you should buy But for example, I hit the mic and AJC make the beat break Make the impress that's vibrant Pop a pistol, then pop me full of lead until you lifeless All for what you said Scary niggas, you can underline this Then what you gotta tell his mother Another statistic shot for nothing Yes, he was a brother, but they get sadistic Bullet fragment ballistic, getting mad at each other Keep a tradition alive, even the bad shit of it Take the good with the bad shit Niggas that never had shit Living life tragic, stuck in traffic Hallucinations, like you dipping acid Astronomical trip through black hole passage I'm where the jazz is Keyboards and upright bass Your girl like fucking my face And I'm too live not to oblige like Mary J Wipe it all in her skin like Mary Kay I'm like the 2022 gang star Shoot the block up, come back in the same car Yelling this is for La Raza Plus the track got too much bass for your monster Spaghetti sauce, brains looking like pasta Smoke like a roster, you the imposter Wait, they think I'm old like a fossil Hip-hop apostle, blow you out your goggles You blowing up, that's a nice dream punk I'm on your motherfucking block like an ice cream truck Sick, I got the symptoms, homes Smoke coming from the car like the engine blown No Grammy, no image award Man, I'll cut a rapper to death, give me the sword Urge in the house, now they all got a joust Didn't heed the warning, leave a dent in your armor Chest not checkers, you move like tortoises Now the whole world get to witness the metamorphosis AJC, Keon X, just follow all the signs to the neon exit Urge 7, you see my name on buildings Out here, like woo, we doing it for the children And everybody else that's listening while we building The empire of the United States has reached its zenith, as all empires eventually do. And they do it for the same reason, too much military. It sucks them dry, and then they collapse from within. And the United States is in the process of doing that right now. If we have a misunderstanding, the only way we can settle it is with the club. That's the patriarch, the world over, whether they're Asian, Middle Eastern, European, 
or in the Western Hemisphere, the patriarch still believes to this day that the only way to settle a misunderstanding is with the club. Albeit now it's a very sophisticated club. Club nevertheless. And the mentality is what I'm talking about. My God, they haven't come out of the cave mm. with their philosophy of life. Oh, it's just unbelievable, you know, what they've done to Iraq, what they're doing to Afghanistan. They don't understand tribal relationships, and that was in both Iraq and in Afghanistan. They have tribal relationships, which have their own mores and their own outlook, albeit they are patriarchal, because look at the patriarch. All their religions and their governments are built the same. It's a pyramid with the man on top. Now, if, if matriarchy is a balanced society, then the pyramid of patriarchy means that it's unbalanced. You only have the male up there, the heterosexual male, in everything, in all the structures of civilization. So that means they're unbalanced. As indigenous people, we're not arrogant people. We don't believe that the human being is the top of the food chain. We know we're the bottom of the food chain, and all we have to do is walk out into a forest, and you find out real quick who's top of the food chain. Yeah? We know our grandmother the earth lives. We know also that she's tired of us. Mm. She's tired of the human being. And your patriarchal religions teach you that you have that right, just to dominate and forget other things have life and deserve respect. Yeah? Like the leaves of the tree, the air is sacred. So they pollute everything and they mistreat everything, including each other. That's civilization, man. That doesn't sound like the definition of the word at all. <laughs> you can call it communism, socialism, anarchism, um, democracy, parliamentary democracy, whatever you want to call the, the patriarch system of governance, it's based on simple arithmetic. You always have to have excess production. You always have to have growth for economic growth. I don't care if you're a communist or the uh, United States of America, you got to have economic growth, which means population growth. You you know, the numbering system doesn't go on forever. Our grandmother, the earth, only can hold so many people. And according to population experts, the capacity to handle human beings was reached in the 1840s. Hmm. For our grandmother, the earth, to take care of her children, reached in the 1840s. But we're still going. In order for the economy to grow, you have to continue have population growth. Because based on consumption, which used to be a sin. One of the seven deadly sins. And now it's the only honor. <laughs> While we're here, each step we take upon the sacred grandmother earth, we should figure out how that step will affect minimum seven generations. That's our responsibility. That's a heavy responsibility. And that's us indigenous people. And they call us primitive.
if you take all of the winged people, and this is my mother taught me, take all of the winged, everything that flies away from life, nothing on earth could survive. Or if you take all the green things, everything that grows, you take them away, nothing could survive. If you take everything that crawls and swims upon the earth and within the waters away, nothing could survive. If you take all the four-leggeds away, nothing could survive. But if you take the human being away, everything would flourish. That shows you and proves that we're the low end of the totem pole, you know? We should act accordingly. And you build your civilizations on what you can learn from all of life. And that's what indigenous people do. What we have to realize is peace of mind. How often in your lifetime have you been told, I want you to grow up and have peace of mind? Think about it. A life without worries. Because you understand that that cycle is happening. And there isn't anything you can do about stopping the cycle of life. I don't have to worry about global warming because I know our grandma on the earth has eons to heal herself. You know? I appreciate all your time and I appreciate you having me at your house and uh, having well, me and my friends. Thank you for your presence. Business major, my visions of intermission greater. You kissing death, the best of being dressed a waiter. Cause they make an opportunity so desperate, depressed. The message of the spotlight type entertainer, resuscitated hip hop. It don't stop relating on a full time, full block of information. Minus virus to incite lies, it's written in. So I'm never on for royalty. My reign is more of righteousness, no religious sense. It's more like the right to spit. What the fuck I wanna? Cause I'm spitting what I'm gonna. After prison visits with a gunner, I was whizzing under. I like to kept me trapped. Always stuck in cover when I was in the sea Pulling a doobie on the hummer, but it's never like that Cadillacs, if you was humming in the alley out back Wildcat, I won't cover that the game that bounce back How's that? Even if I'm losing profits, the profit will double up the payback You want more love in the game, then say that Rather than hating on me, betraying yourself with lame ass Homie, don't perpetrate that, we lyrically on a great path Shades of a rainbow, just wish I could count the days back We too focused but those who want to boo more, they are fanatic and can't believe your boy finally blew up. I feel the love, no worries. Rising up like 10 stories, keep my eyes high. Let me tell y'all a story. This is that speakers on the wire, beepers on the higher. 90s with the heat, 90s with the scene. Let me keep the fire, deep desires to hold the receiver sub or the microphone. Just a sneak ahead and find out how to hold the mic alone. They want a brazy rap, racist painted up a lazy black. Just your native Asiat, lady love on crazy tracks. Amazing. It's amazing, fam. Amazing, amazing, simply amazing, amazing, amazing.
consistent unconditionally No one else be in a mission Unless they live it conditionally I'm trying to change my living Replace the negatives with positives And let it marinate Showing real hip hop To remind them where it originate Native hip hop From the inner cities to the farmlands Mississippi Delta and the rap game Toting guitar amps So don't talk that And why it's the only hard map Taking hip hop hella far Like Australia's far backs SV spell it out loud In all caps Don't wanna be me That's the reason that they all cap Give me and Fujiyama Ready to get the coochie on the Getting new the offers Point slash Rudy with the Tootie pop up And as for the other shit Rudy Tootie bullshit duty I'm every poppin' skit I'm just the super Cali part Keep the truth and thoughts from me The TV wildin' hard I'm on an island fam I can't see past what house be yours Super villain in the house Like shout time be yours Like the worldwide be yours Better be two in the whole world Cause it all be yours Theodore of the Theodore Nice your girl in the leotard You can't follow the flow Here's the lyrics so y'all can read along Read them off Follow the leader But don't be mistaken I can't lead them on couldn't beat them, so I always made a beat for the cause. Achieve with the key keepers, couldn't keep them off. If I was rapping only about peace, they wouldn't receive the talk. Misperceived, the masterpiece every time I bark, so pass the lead on the spark. And that's it. It's amazing, fam. That sneakers on the wire, beepers on for hire 90s with the heat, 90s with the scene Let me keep the fire, deep desires To hold the receiver, sub at the microphone Just a sneakerhead, we found out how to hold the mic alone They want a brazy rap, raise it, plenty it up A lazy black, just a native Asiat Lady lover on crazy tracks It's amazing Simply amazing It's amazing It's amazing Amazing It's amazing, fam. Amazing. Simply amazing. Amazing. That's it. The whole chinchilla.